Alright, so for all of the dick appointment videos that I've seen before, it requires too much. Just too much. Y'all are doing too much. It's never that serious. You need to have fun with it. You don't have to stress too much. It's not that serious. And it's very simple for me because you don't need to apply a lot of makeup for you to get ready for a dick appointment. One, because your face is going to be down in the sheets and you don't want to get that dirty and you don't want to feel uncomfortable. You want to be comfortable as possible, especially if you're fucking in your own house. You're fucking in your own house. He needs to respect your house. You are listening to Share a Slice with Sean. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Share Slice with Sean. This week, I'm happy to have on the show Brianna. That's actually her real name. You'll probably know her as her YouTube persona, Morena in Japan. Now, Brianna moved to Japan when she was 18 years old on a scholarship for college. And on her YouTube channel in particular, she was making movies about her experiences in Japan. There's kind of like a wide gamut of movies that she made over there. Uh, she talks about Japanese living, the language having to speak Japanese. She talks about being a woman of color in Japan. And by color, I mean a black woman, which is a rarity in Japan, to say the least. Uh, she talks about uh, her own mental health and how she's dealing with uh, BPD, borderline personality disorder. Uh, anxiety, depression. She talks about politics. She talks about the book she's writing. But uh, I won't lie. We'll, during this show, we're going to be talking about dick appointments, and we're going to be talking about sex, and we're going to be talking about hoeing. So I hope you'll uh, join me for this conversation with Brianna in Osaka, Japan. You want me to call you Morena? Or Marina. You can just call me my name. Brianna. <laughs> my what? actual name. Yeah, just Brianna. What the hell? What's the deal with Melky Morena? What does that mean? Well, like, Morena is kind of like a derogatory term that I, like, took back. Because that's what they called me as a kid. Really? Because that just means, like, yeah, it just means, like, brown skin girl, like, dark skin girl. And they, like, they just used it as, like, a derogatory way, I guess. Because I was just raised Mexican, and of course my relatives are like super pale, and me and my brother are like the only dark-skinned ones, so they call us like the Morenos. <laughs> so you were hold on, you were you said you were raised Mexican. Was that mean? You mean you grew up in Mexico, or you grew, you were raised by a Mexican? How do how do you how do Mexican I process Mexican family? That? Okay, literally I see. just a Mexican family. Yeah, because I'm mixed, but I was raised with like my mom and my grandma. <laughs> You basically got there when you were, what, 18 or 19? You decided uh, that you had it? 18. 18. Yeah, I got here when I was 18. Yeah, in September of last year. So I've been yeah. here for what, like 10 months? I can't do math. Like, <laughs> You're 18 and you're, you're back at home in, uh, where, where are you? In, in Los Angeles and in, in California? San Diego. Okay. San Diego, so like two hours away from LA. And then you just decided out of the blue that you were going to run off to Japan? How did that work? I think when I was 16, they started talking about like college and because like, I did online school or like homeschool or whatever. So they're like, oh yeah, like just start thinking about where you want to go to school. 
And I was like, there's no way I can afford like an American university, like at all. Yeah. So I was like, well, I don't want to go to Europe or some shit. Like, what the fuck? So I was like, what about Japan? Since I've been learning, like I was learning Japanese when I was 16 because I was just bored because I didn't have anything to do. So I was just like, there's no point of me going anywhere else but Japan because like where else? You know, like, why would I waste time learning Japanese and then never go to Japan? I read that there's like three different ways to say everything, depending on how polite you want to be. Something like that. Literally. Yeah. It's, it's just, you just guess. Like, even Japanese people are like, I don't even know how polite to be right now. And they're just like, yeah, we just do our best. <laughs> it's all, it's all about politeness there. And you're, you're leaving like, yeah. I mean, but you strike me as being someone who grew up in a family where everyone just sort of spoke their mind. Is that, am I right about that? I mean, that hmm. I think, no, like I grew up like with my grandma, she was so strict and like, you know, like the typical Mexican Catholic, you can't do this. You can't go outside. You can't meet boys. You can't have friends over. You can't do this. So I like spent my entire childhood in like a box. Basically, like, my entire family was, like, living under the thumb of my grandmother. <laughs> this sounds, like, really bad, like... Matriarch. Yeah, this sounds even more, like, morbid, but, like, when she died was when we were all, like, even my mom, we were finally just like, yeah, fuck that, like, we're just free. gonna do whatever we want now. Yeah, oh. we're literally free. Like, it sounds so fucked up, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's kind of <laughs> true. Like, they say that... Uh, there's this, uh, my, I mean, I went to see my therapist once and he told me, he said, you know, Sean, um, your, your parents aren't really out of your life until, until they die. Like they'll always Jesus. be there. <laughs> I mean, you were dealing with, uh, being a bored 16 year old. You had some fascination with Jap Japanese culture, obviously. And I guess you also were dealing with your own demons there and you just needed to like, I guess, escape those confines of your family and also your own uh, social uh, challenges. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just kept looking around and I was just like, I'm so bored. Like, there's nothing to do. And I didn't see myself doing anything like ordinary so i was like i have to do something big or i just die like literally <laughs> like yeah. i'm like literally just so bored so i was just like all or nothing basically i literally told myself i was like if i don't go to japan i'm just gonna die like i don't care <laughs> it reminds me a bit of a previous guest i had on the show called roxanne called roxanne whose name is roxanne she actually went and worked for a brothel so that was like super extreme but the thing is that she didn't want to work at the convenience store for the rest of her life like it just it yeah was boring and she was highly she's highly intelligent she's a very intelligent person so she doesn't want to like be a cog in that boring machine yeah like i just didn't see myself doing anything except for just out of the ordinary because i don't see myself as like an adult so i was just like i want to have fun and just be different, I guess. I don't even know. Well, I mean, you're only 19, so uh, not to sound like an old man or anything, but I mean, in comparison, I'm much older than you. And like at 19, of course, I mean, you just want to have fun. I think uh, a lot of people need to like uh, chill out who uh, might, you know, give you trouble about your 
some of your some of your um live streams and some of your streams you do like your most viral movie i think the one that i saw and i think probably everybody saw i think it was called something like uh hoeing in japan 101 was your yeah yeah it literally came like i'm like very ironic in the video but everyone takes me way too seriously i think it just it just makes me really annoyed how they don't get my humor so yeah that's and basically it like, it was like a guide to how to hook up a guide for guide for women i guess on how to hook up in uh yeah. in japan it's literally it's common sense though like yeah you just talk to them and then you fuck them and then you're done <laughs> that's it <laughs> You'd think so. You'd think so. But I mean, I think a lot of people like, attach yeah. things, you know? Yeah. They're insane. <laughs> My first year of university in Montreal was the same thing. I, I grew up in a very Catholic family. And I'm just like, oh, wow, I'm free finally. Finally, I can have some fun, right? So there's, I guess yeah. there's nothing unusual about that. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone has like their wild college thing. So I'm just doing it in a different country. You're going to like university there or is it like a language school? What, yeah. What's, okay. No, it's just full on university. Like I just applied and got in. <laughs> you applied to like four schools or something? All four let you in and you just yeah. chose? I got into three schools here and then two schools back home. And then yeah. this one was probably like the most like bougiest like school and then they offered me the scholarship too so i was like nice wow so yeah are your parents and family were like fuck yeah go man awesome or, or were they kind of like weirded out by the fact you're going all the way to japan well like my mom when i talked to her about it she never really took it seriously well she was just like yeah do what you want like i believe that you can get in but she was like i can't really give you advice or help you so just do whatever you want to do and she didn't really get it like she just didn't understand because she didn't go to college and she's never been like abroad so she was just like oh shit this is actually happening but she didn't she was just like yeah i guess we'll make try to make it happen but at the same time i don't want you to go because that's so far like what the fuck so even like i probably i asked her i was like do you even know where japan is and she was like no <laughs> 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 well, uh, you know, I, I'm all all withhold judgment. I'm I'm a Canadian dude, and I, I I watch Jimmy Kimmel sometimes, where they got the map, they bring it out in the show, <laughs> like which where's you know where's this country, you know? Oh yeah, Argentina is uh, not up there; it's down there. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, so obviously you're smart. I mean, you got accepted into these schools. Uh, I mean, what's it like going to this bougie Japanese school? as a uh as a black american like is that kind of I mean, weird it is weird because i think the amount of black people there are all from africa oh yeah so <laughs> yeah i think i'm like one of the only like black american women in like my year i think so yeah it's just everyone they meet me for the first time and they're all from like different Asian countries or from Japan. And they're like, wow, you're the first black person I've ever met ever. Like, I thought they were going to be different, but you're normal. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's just like you just half the shit that they say is just like oh my god how did you get to this school how did you make it this far in life do you feel like you're like the exotic one out yeah my wife dudes used to go up to her and say oh you're so exotic like this word exotic and she'd be like fuck you you know yeah that's basically the whole gist here i think people in my like who i actually have class within things they don't really say shitty comments i guess but just like when i'm walking through campus just the stares and like the points and like the giggles and the whole like whoa like sort of thing that's basically what happens never like so confrontational at school it's more so like in public where it's more just confrontation like oh yeah where are you from like you're so interesting but i didn't even do anything like i can just like snap my fingers and they're like wow oh my god (laughs) whoa she walks and she talks too amazing yeah literally i'm a character for them like i have to be a character for their enjoyment sometimes some of these people at this school must know like they must see your stream right or or do you think they oh don't? yeah they they all know about my channel like i did a presentation on it actually like really? i mentioned it yeah and a lot of them since they follow me on like instagram and things like that so like they see everything they don't they don't they talk amongst themselves but they don't really confront me about it unless it's like compliments they never say shit to my face mostly just talk shit online (laughs) it's interesting because you can spin that two different ways you could either be ashamed about it and then you're you're screwed like basically you're you're doing something wrong or if you own what you're doing and you say look this is an expression of me this is who i really am and you could say this is a piece of art like you know this is actual performance art then all of a sudden, for some reason in my mind, it, it's like, it's totally cool because you're just being you online. Do you see what I mean? Well, yeah, like I'm completely cool with like my content and things like that. So I don't have a problem with them talking shit because it's going to happen anyway. So yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm literally just chilling. Like <laughs> I'm just hanging out and doing whatever, just uploading more. And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe she's like that. Uh, I, I saw you, you were like, you, you upload content where you're freaking out because you're killing giant bugs or you've got, uh, yeah. you, I mean, you, you keep finding these freaking enormous cockroaches or something in your apartment there, yeah. which is normal, I, I guess. I called a guy earlier to kill one, like two hours ago, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was also when kind of, I noticed in your hoeing, it was in your hoeing 101 video. I think it was either that or another one. You were talking about how like you, you want to like try and, and, and get to know guys who can like do things for you, you know, like kill bugs and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically it's just like if I'm hungry or if I need a ride or if I'm like short on groceries or if I want like a new shirt and I can't afford the shirt and I want (laughs) it. Yeah, just getting what I want, basically, from dudes. Because they'll do it. Like, they don't have a problem doing it. It's just people who watch that have a problem with it. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe she's manipulating them when they do it on their like their own free will. So, I don't really get the problem. <laughs> it is sort of a power thing. And is it like a dudely sort of place? Like a patriarchy kind of place where like the yeah, dude's definitely. in control? 
And then you just fuck that. You fuck that around, right? And that... Yeah. Some dudes might be into that. they definitely want... Yeah, they want to do it. And I don't, like, I never promise anything. I never say, like, oh, if you do this, I'll do this for you. Like, no, I'm just... I just ask. I'm like, I need this done. Can you do it? And they're like, yeah. So... (laughs) That's literally it. I never do anything in return. Tell me a little bit about the word ho, because my previous guest, again, the the sex worker or whatever, she uses the word ho, but I, I don't think she means necessarily prostitute. I think she it's like a power dynamic or something for her. Yeah, it's just reclaiming it basically because ho is used for everything. Like you can be a virgin and still be called a ho. You can do anything and still be called a hoe. So, yeah, it's literally just like, yeah, and so what? Like, what else? What else is there? What's so bad about being a hoe? What's wrong with it? Men use their muscles, right? Okay, now I'm getting, I don't know if I'm going to offend anybody. Okay, but anyway, men use their muscles. Like, you, 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 you call the dude to come kill the bug or you call the dude to come, I don't know, carry furniture around or something, right? Because you're kind of a yeah. small person. <laughs> Um, (laughs) (laughs) you're using your brains and you're also using your, I guess I would call it your sexuality, although you're not necessarily having sex with these dudes. Uh, Would you say that these are like two different tools in the toolbox kind of? Pretty much. I think I call it like pretty privilege. (laughs) Pretty privilege. Yeah. 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 That's literally it. Like, that's it. Yeah, for sure. I, I would say so. I mean, I've I've like uh, listened to a couple of other podcasts. I can't remember the name of this, but they were actually... I'm going to have to tape in with the name of this podcast. The name of the podcast is Red Scare. But the thing is that, that they, they're, they consider themselves feminists, but they're not above doing that. They're not above asking for presents or something because they're like, like, they're working everything that they've got maybe working is the wrong verb but like you know what i mean they're like you don't it's not like you're a victim in that dynamic uh, i don't i feel like i don't i don't know like cuz i don't do anything wrong necessarily so it's not like oh i don't need a, a man or like i don't need to like have this done for me it's just like yeah i do I do need it done, so I just ask for it to be done for free, and they do it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. true. So you do live streams there, like, of your life, basically. People watch, people enjoy it, because it's, like, regular, everyday stuff. I mean... Yeah, that- I'm just bored. Like, if I'm walking home from school, and I'm like, dang, I need someone to talk to, so I just go on live stream. And you, like, give some pretty powerful rants, too. Like, uh, just yesterday, you were talking about how some creepy dude uh basically followed you home just because you were wearing a shirt where i think you could see some cleavage or something yeah that happens like there's just a bunch of creeps here that don't know how to deal with like women so they just think that they can do whatever they want and yeah (laughs) that's literally it like dudes do whatever they want to women here because it's all like the submissive culture yeah yeah yeah, I've noticed that too. Like I can't I can't watch Japanese porn. Like I I just Oh god. I can't do it. 
for me, the power dynamic is the woman needs to be kind of like at least at the level. Like it needs to, I guess I'm very vanilla that way. I don't know. But like the women, they're all like making super like high pitched noises and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't It's a very childlike sort of thing in some ways. It kind of freaks me out. <laughs> Have have you ever been on dates over there where the guy wants you to do like the whole like schoolgirl to get dressed up, do the little the high voice thing? No, but they do prefer like the cuteness over like the sexiness I've noticed. Mm. So if I I do sort of have like the shape of a child, so they're like, oh my god, like your proportions are like so good. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> You're short. Like <laughs> you're sh- you're short and childlike. I love you. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's so weird. The hoeing video isn't the only video that you did, but I mean, you did a lot of other cool ones as well. But I'm just gonna like focus in on that because that's the one that seems to get a lot of attention. Who do you think your audience is for that? Because like when I went to your videos, um, I couldn't tell if it was mainly dudes who were like into that or if there are actually a lot of girls who are like yeah i want to figure out how to do this too i've noticed it was mostly women that were like maybe i i noticed i have a lot of high school girls following me i'm like oh my god why are you on this channel but um i think like a lot of them are like 18 to like 25 but i have had like women in their 40s message me and they're like oh my god i love your videos like sort of thing but yeah, I've noticed mostly women. If there are men on my channel, it's mostly just to like sexualize me or shame me. So yeah, they're just basically yeah, perving. Yeah, out. they're not subscribed. They're just like, oh yeah, like I hate you. Yeah, that's that's one thing that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, hate. Yeah, yeah. Actually, let me get back to that because you do you find that some dudes are like so intimidated by you just basically completely owning your sexuality that they like feel threatened or something would you say that of course yeah Yeah. of course i've basically taken the game from them and just used it on them and they're like wow our behavior really is like this i like show them like yeah this is what you do and i'm doing it to you so you can see how it feels (laughs) basically yeah i mean yeah, I, 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 I get that. I totally get that. I mean, uh, tell me a little bit about, um, do you have any particular stories about these hookups where like things went really weird? Like dude was like kind of strange. Do you have any of those? In what way? Oh boy. Well, uh, you know, it, was he into some weird, weird, perverted stuff, or was he, or was he just so like uh, nervous that he was just bizarre? I guess. Hmm. No, they've all been pretty below average. I think <laughs> in performance, it's just very like you're like, wow, this is it, huh? Like they did their best, and it's just not enough usually. Like, they cannot in, like, 30 seconds. Oh, my God. There was this guy who, like, confidently invited me over to his house. Mm-hmm. So, I came over to his house, and he had, like, the whole setup. He had, like, candles and, like, wow. white wine. And he was like, yeah, like, I'm mm. going to do you good. And I was just like, mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. 
So like I literally he I get on top of him, like I sit on him, I straddle him because I'm like, fuck this. I don't wanna like sit here and like drink and talk with you, like just get it over with. <laughs> and so I straddle him and he's just like way too excited and he like he puts me like on the mattress on the floor of course it's like there's no bed frame it's on the floor in the kitchen so (laughs) i get on the bed with him and literally we're like dry humping and he literally comes in his jeans oh and he was like oh my god i'm sorry like i can go again and we tried he could not go again he was done like he was just over it and he was like well if like i'll let you stay the night since like I was so disappointing. He like he was so sorry, but he just it just felt so awkward. Like I didn't feel bad that like I don't know. It was just it's just disappointing. Usually it's just like wow, you can tell that they're not experienced with anything. <laughs> it's just the culture, huh? Yeah. yeah, like they're not used to the whole like I don't know. I don't. I usually see myself as submissive, but sometimes I'm just like, let's just get this started. So I started off and that's just too much for them. They're like, oh shit, a real woman. And they just fucking, <laughs> they lose their minds. Oh, well, look, when, when I was younger, uh, way back when, uh, my girlfriend and I, we went to a club and there was a police officer there who would dress up like uh like basically wear a a skirt and everything he was like dressed up like a girl and he wanted well my girlfriend at the time to spank him and so he was the submissive but submissives can often be pretty demanding they know what they want and they are not afraid to ask for it yeah he like really wanted it wanted to be spanked and he he like knew how to ask for it and he was demanding as fuck man like he was like yeah give it to me now this way so <laughs> i could see yeah i can kind of relate to that because sometimes like i'm just like can you do something that's not like I, like stop like fucking me like you love me like do something else i'm like hit me and they're like what do you mean i'm like just fucking hit me <laughs> and they're like uh and they like barely tap me i'm like what the fuck was that and they just don't want to hit me so <laughs> yeah yeah and that and that has a lot to do maybe with the culture too you know because uh i their their society i i don't know maybe not always the case because you've got like crazy tentacle porn type thing going on but i mean the thing <laughs> is that this whole like love and 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 making love like I, maybe they don't see that there's a huge difference between fucking and making love a giant difference yeah they don't really yeah they don't know they don't have enough experience with it and then like no one really teaches it anyway yeah so all that they know is from like movies or their friends there's no i don't even think there's like proper sex ed either so yeah they all figure it out like by themselves I mean, I think that you mentioned this in one of your live streams. You were talking about how you you consider yourself to be sort of a pansexual and detached from sex. You can like fuck, but you're there for the fucking. You don't have necessarily have feelings afterwards, or at least you usually don't. Yeah, no, no, I don't. I think I lost that along the way. I think. Well, not even that. When I lost my virginity to this dude that I met on Tinder, I was just like, I don't care. Like, just I just want to get it over with. I don't care about you. 
And then within 24 hours, I was already with somebody else. And I was just like, I don't care about you either. <laughs> I was like, wow, like what even happened? I Like before, if I would hold hands with a guy or if a guy called me pretty, I would be head over heels for months. And as soon as I lost my virginity and I was like, wow, sex really doesn't mean anything. Like if you just don't, like if you're just using sex just for like as a hobby, because it has become a hobby of mine, <laughs> but... <laughs> Is it like um, fishing? Do you consider it to be like fishing? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like nothing. Like you could just do it for fun. And like it doesn't have to be it could just be fun. It could it doesn't have to be I don't know, romantic or anything. We can still be romantic with each other, but I don't have to have romantic feelings for you. I read somewhere that it's almost it's actually a physical thing. It's like a hormonal thing almost. Like when you're you're when you fuck the same guy or the same person over and over again, it's like your brain and your body starts tuning into this and like it can kinda like screw with your um your uh what am I looking for? Your your better reason or whatever. Um do you do you like have precautions where you're like, I'm gonna just have sex with the guy once so that I don't go yeah. get attached to him? I've never liked anybody more than to fuck them more than three times. I don't think, yeah, I've never liked anybody enough. I was just like, well, that was that. You're kind of like, I don't like you as a person and <laughs> I don't really want to see you again. So I just don't talk to them anymore. Or I'm just like, we can be friends, but I don't really want to fuck you anymore because that wasn't great. <laughs> so, yeah. It's funny how like people like on the internet, they hook up on the internet, you know, I don't know, they do like the Instagram or whatever, and they have like, they, they do their thing and they're like, okay, see ya, right? Yeah. Whereas uh, as soon as it's in in real life, people are still like, whoa, I, there's no way I can do that. It's kind of interesting. Mm, yeah. Um, I've never... Like I under like I understand where they're coming from. We're like, oh yeah, I could never do that. But then, because I was like that too. And then I remember when I downloaded Tinder with my best friend, and we literally like just started going out with guys, and we're just like, hey, this is really easy. Like we don't have to feel anything. And I think when I don't have sex with them immediately, that's when I actually catch feelings for them because I'm like, hey, I actually respect you. <laughs> yeah and it's <laughs> that sort of thing it's the trap yeah because if i already tell myself like oh yeah i don't want to like i don't like this person i'm just gonna have sex with them and then go on about like my life i don't think about like oh what can this be what can this turn into like i just don't care <laughs> because like there's billions of men like they're all kind of like you can find anybody and have them like as clones as, like as other people so other people i've noticed all the guys that i do fuck sort of are the same in a way yeah they, they, yeah. Do they follow like a template <laughs> I, I think that there's only a few sort of like pro like archetypes of people out there and everyone kind of falls they into that yeah well like they just don't interest me in a romantic way at all because just my standards for fucking and my standards for like a future husband or whatever are just so different. How how do you think you're going to do that? Because you've had boyfriends before, right? Yeah. How, how does that work? Like, uh, are you 
do you become totally monogamous when you're with the guy or or do you yeah get, okay i'm all in like it's all or nothing basically <laughs> but getting married that's different man because like then you're committing to like forever i mean you know if you want to yeah. be all romantic I, I don't know what you feel about that but like yeah i came here with a ring actually oh that was fairly interesting oh yeah so, yeah, I think I was I was literally ready. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to be with this guy forever and there's nothing that can really stop that and of course everything stopped that. So Wow. Yeah, I just went back to hoeing as soon as that blew up in my face. So <laughs> He wasn't he what? He broke up with you or did you realize that you couldn't do the long distance thing? I think I realized it first and I tried to break up with him and he convinced me not to. And then we got like we got back together and he was like, this isn't working because I was just I wasn't acting the way that I should have. And he's like, yeah, that, like this long distance, like this is impossible. And I was like, I was telling him, I was like, there's no way I can afford trips going back and forth. This is just going to be impossible. And we're both doing different things. And I wanted him to change. I kept telling him that he had to change, like he had to change so many things about himself. And in the end, I think... February, um, my brother got me a ticket back home and I was so ready to get him back. So <laughs> I was trying to get him back. I came home with a letter and the ring and his flannel and I was, I came to his door and he wouldn't even come see me. So oh, I literally man. went to his front door. Yeah, it was insane. I think I had it all planned out and <laughs> it just didn't work so, out. So when you're, when, so when the guy like somehow gets through your defenses... I mean, or whatever you want to call it's, it. It's can be I'm catastrophic. Like crazy in love. Yeah, I can. I can like, see. I'll that. do anything. I can see that because you even you yeah. had the ring. You had the. I know. I know the. The first time I had sex with what, my girlfriend slash now wife, um, I like. I think I left my like my shirt because I wore like a t-shirt and then I wore like a you know a dress shirt over the t-shirt, and I left my shirt with yeah. her. Cause she wanted to like, I don't know. It was summer, man. It, I must have smelled bad that shirt. But she's like, no, I want <laughs> the shirt. I want the shirt. And I'm like, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, I think it was like one of his favorites. So I don't. He never got it back anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I gave it to my mom. I was just like, mom, I don't like burn it. I don't want this. And she's like, I'll keep it. So I think it's still in the closet somewhere. She probably still hopes that we'll get back together or something. <laughs> When you're hoeing in Japan, do you, I mean, do you, do you get like real satisfaction from, I mean, I guess you don't, I mean, you're not, you're not coming, are you, when you're having sex? Cause like, you're just, or, or are you like, what's, what's the adrenaline reward for what you're doing when you're in Japan? Is it getting the guy that, that like actually getting him in bed? It's not about like the orgasm. I think it's just like the action itself because it does feel good. So like sex doesn't always have to be about mm. like the climax. Yeah. It's just about like enjoying what you're doing in the moment, I guess. Yeah. So I'm just like in the moment type of thing. And I don't think I'm ever really satisfied with like anything. So that's probably what's keeping me from like being held back. <laughs> you have been kind of dealing with social anxiety and anxiety there and I mean, would you say that, like, the sex, like, 
helps that or is it does the sex like bring you closer to actually feeling something i i think it's like the sexual like just being promiscuous is all a part of like the mania and like the bpd sort Mm -hmm. of thing because that's just like i guess a side effect or in a way or just like yeah it's just it's just what i do (laughs) so but yeah just with anxiety i think it's a lot separate because i don't have anxiety during sex i think during sex is like where i feel the most confident in myself like i don't really have a problem like oh like what if this happens what if this happens what if this happens like i don't think about it i just do it because it's i know that i'm good at it (laughs) you're in control (laughs) and i know that like yeah, I'm in control and like I know I can give it like satisfaction in a way even though that sounds kind of bad, but yeah. Like I just please people. <laughs> yeah, which I mean can pleasing other people it's not like it's not demeaning. It doesn't mean to be need to be demeaning because you are, you know, demonstrating that you've got it like you're you Yeah, are, basically exactly and just like the yeah like the intimacy with someone else is always nice too so yeah yeah just being intimate with someone else is just it makes me feel like less alone without having all like the romantic relationship part of it it's just like yeah we're hanging out for like two hours and then you leave and like that's enough intimacy for the week i guess i can kind of relate in a way like are you the kind of person who values their alone time so like you i yeah i need my space like always that's why people are like oh why don't you just get a roommate if you feel so alone i'm just like hell no i think i can only hang out with my friends for like three to four hours without feeling like i'm literally suffocating (laughs) right so so when it comes to a boy you don't you don't need some clingy boyfriend to like share all of his insecurities and problems with you right you want to just i mean i think i do become the clingy girlfriend once i get into a serious relationship i'm just like oh my god like don't leave let's hang out like today tomorrow every day but it just yeah but recently i think with my latest boyfriend that i did have we hung out like every day Mm. literally every day for hours on end and i think i loved it i really did oh oh that's too bad but didn't work out though huh yeah Uh. no it didn't (laughs) no it always seems i think it's always like my fault in these sort of things but he was like no it's not your fault and i'm like yeah it kind of was (laughs) did you get a little extreme or something at some point is that no he applied to come to my school and he got in and just the long distance i would have to wait till like september to see him and just like it was just like the flame burned out really quickly i think Mm yeah like really quickly within like what like three weeks or a month of dating like from like long distance it just it just died i think yeah we're like better off as friends i think do you have many guy friends uh not straight guy friends i think he's like one of the like maybe i think i only have two (laughs) straight male friends yeah the rest are just either like they're just gay yeah just gay if you see sex as being an enjoyable act and you're able to do sex, you know, without falling in love, then really, I mean, you can do the friends with benefits thing. But then the question is, can the other person do the friends with benefits thing? That's the question, right? Yeah. 
And I think for a lot of men, they think that like friends with benefits is just like, yeah, I fuck you and I don't talk to you and we're not actually friends. I just fuck you sometimes. But for me, I think like friends with benefits is like, yeah, we go out to eat. We like go like we act like actual friends who occasionally do have sex because it's just something to do. But in a lot of cases, people like men that aren't very experienced, they think it's just like, yeah, I'm just going to fuck you and then pretend that you don't exist afterwards but then come back to you and still call you my sex friend or whatever. I think that's a really popular term in Japan, sex friend. That's what they call it. Sex <laughs> friend. That's what they call it. Yeah, they call it sefude. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can see where that that's like such a delicate line for many people to walk because I, I'm assuming that a lot of guys, they might think, oh yeah, I'm totally going to get a fr- you know, friend with benefits or whatever. And then they they have sex with you or or whoever and then all of a sudden they can get all weird and possessive or they want sex all the time or you know it just messes shit up basically yeah yeah it's just like they can't act normal afterwards it's very annoying yeah just go back to being you i guess but they can't they just they just blow up i guess (laughs) it sounds pretty ideal to me that that like scenario but i think that there's like the the number of people out there who are able to do it like i think you're a, a rarity maybe it's because of you know maybe the ev- the person needs to be fucked up in just the special most amazing way <laughs> to be able to do that probably yeah most likely i think i am a perfect amount of fucked up <laughs> maybe a little bit more fucked up and i wouldn't be here but yeah i think i'm just the right fucked up <laughs> You're eating a lot of Japanese uh, McDonald's. All the time. What's the difference? Because I like, I check out your your Instagram and you've got like, uh, what did you have? You had two beef burgers, chocolate sauce. It was soft. three actually. What? <laughs> it was, it was, they must be small there probe. though. Are they small because? No, I'm, they're about the same size, maybe slightly smaller, but back in the States, I would eat three to four burgers. <laughs> every day i'm gonna come to your defense here okay because like the last time i went to mcdonald's and ordered a regular cheeseburger i looked at it and i'm like what the fuck is this this thing's yeah, tiny I think like yeah. yeah you can probably finish it in like five bites i think they're pretty small but the, it's the it's the way they balance the onions with the relish and stuff i kind of like their cheeseburgers Oh, see, I don't, I'm really picky, so I eat my hamburgers with only ketchup on them. And Really? It's just, I'm a really picky eater. I think it's like one of the bad things about moving to Japan because you can't fix or alter any order. When you like order at a restaurant, you can't be like, oh yeah, I don't want like mayo on this or like I don't want cheese on this or something because they're just going to look at you and they're going to be like, what the fuck? Like they'll self-destruct if you say something like that. <laughs> really? I like literally like you know customer service sort of like because the customer service here is perfect so they sound robotic and when you like fuck with them they're just like they go into like their normal physical form and they're just like um um uh, <laughs> like they don't know what to say yeah and then even at mcdonald's when i order my hamburgers with only ketchup they have to get like two more workers just to be like are you sure like they're like oh my god oh my god like why do you stick with the regular North American fare? Like you're not, you're sticking with like McDonald's food. You're not doing some crazy ass, like living tentacle shit in a. No, I just eat my McDonald's, my KFC, my Pizza Hut and my Domino's. 
or I eat at school, which is the same thing every day. So like the cafeteria lady just fucking throws the shit on the tray and she's like, yeah, I already know what you want. Because <laughs> I've, I've ordered the same exact thing every day since September. So she's she knows. It, do, you, do you do condiments and sauces? I mean, like you said you had... No, it's very plain. <laughs> that's interesting because like I went to I went to a, a sandwich place with a friend of mine and I, I go all in. I'm like, the, give me like the chicken with the sauce and the, and the onions and the, and the mayo. Just throw it all in the bread. I'll eat it. And he's like, he like says, okay, I'll take the meat on the bread but then give me all the sauces on the side in like little containers and I'll be in control of oh, all the gosh. sauces. And the guy looked at him like he was insane. That's like ordering a Big Mac and not, <laughs> and not getting the Big Mac sauce in the burger, getting it on the side. Yeah, that is, that's a little out there for me, I think. Yeah, so you don't go that far. But I just asked, yeah, I just asked for things to be taken off or just to have it like plain as possible. What do you do in the way of milkshakes? Have you? Because I noticed you did the. Oh, I hate milk. I don't drink milk. <laughs> but you had a soft <laughs> serve cone. I, is that milk or is that something else? I mean, like if it's ice cream, okay. But I don't eat vanilla. It's just chocolate. Like it just has to be chocolate. Yeah. Look, vanilla. Like, I never have like plain milk or anything. Unless you have a really, really, really expensive vanilla ice cream, it's just like you're eating it and you're like, there's no flavor. This is the flavorless ice cream that I'm eating now. It tastes like really, I just hate it. It just makes me sick. It reminds me of like baby, yeah. just like baby lotion when I eat it. I'm just like, this is what baby lotion would taste like. Wow, that's Literally. strong. <laughs> yeah, I just don't like it. <laughs> And like when they give out ice cream on planes, I'm like, yay. And then it's vanilla flavored. I'm like, fuck. It's it's old man ice cream. I mean, it's really yeah. like it's, you know, you, you don't want to do that when you're younger. You, you don't want you, you can you can fuck with the the vanilla ice cream later when you're an old lady and you can't handle flavor anymore. You'll be like, OK, just give me <laughs> vanilla. They call it vanilla for yeah. a reason. Right. Vanilla sex. and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's about it. There's one thing that I ask pretty much all of my guests before I let them go. And that's um, over the years, like over your time, like back in the US and over your time in Japan, like, is there something about people or life that you've learned that you kind of wish you knew before you went or that, you know, you'd like to kind of impart on, your, on the listeners. Is there anything like that? I think the only thing you need to know about moving to a foreign country is just to have common street smarts. Yeah. And that's basically it. For me, that's what I lack the most since I was homeschooled. So I used to think like, oh, yeah, everyone is trying to be my friend here. Like, everyone is so nice and everyone's just trying to help me. But... In reality, I can always put myself in extremely dangerous situations where I would have to clean the mess up afterwards and just make a whole, just frustrate myself to no end. So basically, the only person that you can rely on here is yourself and like the small friend group that you will make in a different country, pretty much. That's it. You got to know who your friends are. Exactly. Yeah. You never know. Wow. So, uh, Brianna, thanks so much for being on the show today. 
Yeah, thank you. Oh, and Brianna, one more thing, actually. Uh, can you tell the listeners, like, where uh, they can go to see your stuff? Like, what's your YouTube channel, Instagram channel? Well, my YouTube is Morena in Japan, and my new Instagram is Milky Morena, and my new Twitter is Morena in Japan, and my Patreon is the same, just patreon.com slash Morena in Japan, and you'll find everything there. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on the program. Thank you. Well, that's about it for this episode. I really want to thank Brianna for being on the show. Of course, of course, check out her YouTube channel, uh, Morena in Japan. Uh, check out her Instagram, Melky Morena, and check out her Patreon, Morena in Japan. As usual, I encourage you to visit this podcast website over at chairslicepodcast.com. Uh, please do follow the podcast on Instagram. Uh, there you're going to be able to listen to and watch clips from upcoming episodes and previous episodes. Try and figure out the sort of thing you're interested in. Because like Morena, the content of this podcast is pretty varied. So thanks so, so much for listening. This could very well be the last episode in a while. I'm kind of running low on episodes in the backlog. So we might either take a hiatus or we may switch to once every two weeks or something because uh, I'm having a hard time keeping up with uh, getting guests and making uh, interviews. Fortunately, I have an all full-time job and a family as well. Thanks so, so much for listening and uh, hope you'll be back next time. Let's look at the word subgenius. It does not simply mean just below a genius. Sub-G intelligence level can range far, far below genius. Because it ain't the intelligence that counts, it's what you do with it. One idiot inventing uh, one good joke is worth a thousand scientists making A-bombs, according to Bob. The subgenius does not pretend to super-knowledge, but to sub-knowledge. Knowledge of the under-things, the hollow earth from whose darkness issue the Nazi hell-creatures and other demons of the abyss. It is in contemplation of the under-things, the underwear lurking just below the clothing of existence that the subgenii display what genius they have. The study of this substratum. The foundation garment underlying reality is the subgenius's strength, for it is from this source that he or she taps the infinite resources of a force that is completely incomprehensible to humans. The force of slack. The first rule of the church of the subgenius is the subgenius must have slack. What must he have? What must he have? What must he have? Now, slack is what the conspiracy wants to take away from us. Slack is what the conspiracy wants to deprive us of. Slack is our way of grabbing life by the lapels and screaming at it. Slack, what is it? Well, if you have to ask, you will never know. You were born with original slack, an infinite supply of it. But the conspiracy has most of it now. They don't even know what it is, but that hasn't stopped them from stealing it away. 
How do you think you ended up a slave to their so-called work? You know, you know how your brain stem goes down into your spine here and how the conspiracy puts these piano wire ropes and things and pulls it real tight until you can't think and you stay red all the time? point of the church is to unknot those knots, get the piano wire from around your neck, and make life wonderful. What the hell do you think you're doing? Dragging your butt through the day, selling body and soul to a bunch of bland normals? Acting stupid so they'll think you're one of them? Tired of getting all of the guilt, but none of the sex? There is a simple answer, dear friend. A glowing beacon of slack amidst the turmoil and darkness. It's J.R. Bob Dobbs, the living slack master in his church of the subgenius. Bob brings a new destiny for the abnormal, for Bob comes to justify our sins, to unmask the conspiracy, and to get us back the slack they stole away. It's us versus them. Are you going to fry in hell on earth alongside the pink boys, or will you pull the wool over your own eyes and accept Bob into your mind? Repent, quit your job, slack off, and praise Bob! Church of the Subgenius Eternal Salvation or triple your money back. You're not dreaming. You're here in the vast and technologically advanced OSI 74 studios where my co-host Miss Mittens and I, your host Mr. Lobo, are getting ready to host a brand new season of cinema insomnia. But this time we want to get you Sinsomniacs involved. Please come join us at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash cinema insomnia, where you'll find Mr. Lobo is making your new TV shows, and we're involving you in the process. Even at the dollar level, you will have access to uh, exclusives that other Sinsomniacs aren't. You'll have access to Mr. Lobo that few Sinsomniacs get to enjoy. Uh, there'll be other perks at other tiers, too. You'll be able to get props from the show, potentially. Uh, you'll be able to get um, your name in the credits, perhaps. Uh, maybe you could uh, bend steel bars with your bare hands, levitate cars, fly. I mean, think of it. Anything is possible if you come, be a part, and join our inner sweet double stuffed deep salty caramel double dipped gooey center super core and um Mr. Lobo's getting hungry all of a sudden but um look you hit the subscribe bar Mr. Lobo's gonna hit the snack bar and and we'll see you later for a brand new season of Cinema and Sound.